Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, as our ushers continue, I just want to again echo we're looking forward to this, what God's going to do in this Christmas season. Um, Christmas Eve is, is a very big day here, uh, and it's not here just for us. Uh, a lot of us think well, we, we come to Christmas Eve, it's what we do. But we have to understand that for, for God, Christmas Eve was where he came for us. And we are called to be his disciples, to follow him. And so we understand, really, that Christmas Eve is not ultimately about us. The blessing is so much wonder does happen. But in the midst of that, it's really about those who don't yet know him. That he is still coming. He is still breaking into this world. And so we have that opportunity to um, join him, to follow him, to do what he set out in the beginning to do, that we do it as well. And so I encourage you that as you look at Christmas Eve, look beyond uh, what is it for you, but let Christ invade your Christmas Eve so that it can be about others. And that's why we give you opportunities to serve. That's why we encourage you to invite. We'll be providing, starting next week's CDs. Um, and, and then pray for those, as Betsy said, that you know could be here. Uh, or maybe you don't know how they're going to be here. Pray for them. Because God works in un, un, unknown, unexpected ways. We never know how he is going to break in and make a huge difference in somebody's life. And you and I may assume we know how he's going to work and this person would never respond or this person would never say yes. But in in thinking that, in assuming that, we're locking God out. We're saying, God, I don't think you can work. I don't think you can do something here. And the reality is, this is a God of the unexpected who time and time again reveals himself in unexpected ways and works in unexpected lives. I I know it really does feel pretty crazy to trust him. Um, we, we, We can't see him. We can't touch him. We can't even prove he exists. And then he calls us to trust him in in some of the craziest ways we can imagine. And there are folks all around us and many who don't go to church, who don't have a a relationship with Christ, who don't understand. It makes no sense. My mother, who was always in my corner, and and my mother was a wonderful godly woman who who took my brother and I to church every week, uh, even even on a day like today when we would have been saying, but mom, it's raining. It's cold. Can't we stay at home and watch cartoons? But she took us because that's what a godly mother did. That's, that's how we lived out that in day to day. But, but even a godly mother had a hard time understanding when I talked to her about that maybe God was calling me into ministry. Uh, my mother grew up in the Great Depression. And, and that's starting to become a time that most of us don't have any direct contact with and even less contact with people who did. But it, it really um, shaped the people who grew up in that time. My, my mother's family lost their home, had to move in with an uncle 
next door. And so having things and, and holding on to things and making sure that you had enough for your family was very important in ways that I, I can't even begin to comprehend. And, and so as I grew up and I did pretty well in math and science in high school and started looking at engineering, she was really excited about that because she understood that an engineer could make a pretty good living and, and, and do pretty well. And I did. I graduated and I, and I entered into engineering uh, and worked for a few years in that and all was going well and I was fulfilling her dreams for my life until one day God called, called me. And I have to tell you, she, she, her first comment to me was, I was afraid you were going to say that. But, but, but my mother came around, and she was a huge supporter and so proud and so grateful that God did that in my life. But, but it has helped me look and see that she based the life she lived, the hopes and dreams she had for me on what she had experienced and what she knew. And she could not imagine this future for me. It was so, so out of bounds for anything she could see. Uh, there'd never been a, a preacher or a pastor anywhere in our family. Um, and, and the idea of giving up a good-paying engineering job to be a preacher? Don't they still pay you in chickens at the end of the year? I mean, that was, that was one of the things she was concerned about. And I do know some pastors, not current, that they were paid in chickens near the end of the year. So it's, it, it's not far-fetched, but she could not imagine this kind of future for me. And, 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 and what I've come to see and tried to remember myself is that that's how God often works in and through our lives. He does the unexpected. He challenges us in ways we would never imagine to go down roads we would never choose. Everything about Christmas is unexpected. From the very fact that, that God could love us, being sinners, to coming to us, not as an infinite God, but as a Flesh and blood, baby, fragile, frail, innocent, and beyond that, coming not to be a nice, cute little baby, but to grow up, to die on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins and the sins of the world. It it, it's so weird, and yet some of us have gotten so used to it that we don't necessarily see it anymore. It's so unexpected. And, and I think that's why God does it that way, because his goal isn't to fulfill our dreams. You know? Everybody says, we want you to fulfill your dreams. Well, sometimes your dreams aren't good enough. Sometimes your dreams aren't big enough. Sometimes your dreams are really about you. And God loves us and wants something even better for us than what we might dream. And yet it's precisely through the unexpected that he breaks through our preconceptions and helps us to begin to see this God 
for who he is and, and what he does and, and that we can't take him for granted. And he, he is unlike anything or anyone we know. That's why we, the, the Bible uses the word holy. The word holy simply means different. He is holy because there is none like him. We have a hard time trusting him because we think we've got it all figured out. We've got life. We know what makes life work best. We know that if I get this job, if I make this amount of money, if I get this kind of retirement, if I do these kinds of things for my health, I'll win. I'll come out ahead. I'll get what I need. And and, and cultural wisdom says the answer is, is always more of that kind of stuff. We, we see it even in our Christmas celebrations more and more. You know, I, I just, I was thinking about this, this this week. When I was growing up, nobody ever had a car commercial on that said, give your loved one a car. And I'm, and yet how many car commercials will you see about giving your loved one a car? Why we're trying, we're thinking somehow there's got to be more. There's, there's, we haven't gotten there yet, but maybe it's because we haven't given them a car yet. Or maybe we haven't, and I'm not saying giving a car is a wrong thing, but I'm saying there's a, there's a picture here that it, somehow stuff is the answer. More is the answer. And I've always loved what Jim Carrey said. of of all people. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. And a lot of us would think, yeah, I'd like to get rich enough to find out that that's not the answer. (laughs) But he's telling us. So, So many of us think we've got it all figured out and yet each rung of the ladder to fulfillment that seems to be the top, to be the thing, to to be what we've been looking for always and inevitably leads to another. Which is why I think Carrie's quote is so insightful and unexpected. Blaise Pascal centuries ago said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. Yeah, God's ways do seem crazy. But the testimony of billions of lives down through the centuries is that it's, it's not crazy. In fact, it's the truth. Isaiah wrote, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Christmas is the perfect example of how God's ways are higher than our ways. If, we would, if you'd have asked us to fix all this, I doubt if any of us would have come up with Christmas. But just as God does the unexpected through Jesus, he uses Jesus to do the unexpected in us. In fact, in each one of us, in, in me, in you. Because his plans are so much greater. His hopes are so much higher. His love is so much more than we could imagine or hope for. Too often we fail to claim his promises in us. And there are so many, but I want to just kind of explore three this morning quickly that can help us discover unexpected blessings in this Christmas season. And for many of you, it's not that you don't even know these things. It's that you and I need to remember them and claim them again. The first one is that I can receive forgiveness for my past. 
I mean, if, I were, if we were to take everything you've ever done or said or thought, okay, throw that one in there, and made a movie of it, and we put it up on this screen. If I said to you, in two minutes, I'm going to show a movie of you, would you start squirming? Would you get a little uncomfortable, a little nervous? And probably, I know I would, embarrassed. Some of the things I've said, some of the things I've done, some of the, certainly some of the things I've thought. Because everybody's blown it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. There's a lot we wish never had happened. There's a lot we wish we could go back and redo. But we are bound by time. It inexorably moves forward. The good news is, though, God, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us also the task of telling everyone what he's doing. God says, when you trust your life to Jesus Christ, I take that movie and I burn it. I take everything you've ever done and I wipe the slate clean and the screen's erased so that you are starting over in a brand new life as far as I'm concerned. And it is such good news, I hope you will tell others. Now, that's not what most of us expect. What we expect, what we even deserve is punishment or even condemnation. How many people do I encounter today, do you encounter, do you maybe even battle condemnation in our lives? But Scripture promises us a way forward. John wrote, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, cleanse from all unrighteousness, all. Forgiveness, cleansing, righteousness is a gift, but only if we, Scripture says, if we genuinely confess our sins and are sorry and then believe by faith that that God did for us in Christ, what he did for us in Christ on the cross is true. And not just true in some generic way. It's true for me. It's true in my life. And I want to accept that gift. It's a free gift. But it costs God everything. Because Jesus took our punishment upon himself on the cross for us. The Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We become right with God through Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for us. Romans says, therefore, since we have been justified, in other words, made right, restored, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been justified. And some of us think we will be justified. Someday it'll all be okay. But what Scripture says is we have been. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are already declared righteous. Our relationship with God, broken by sin, has been restored. God has already done it. We're the ones who, if we've welcomed into his life, many of us are the ones who keep holding God at arm's length because we're still ashamed. 
And if we're ashamed of things that we have offered to him, then, then we have not accepted in his forgiveness that he has given to us. And in that forgiveness, then, we do have peace with God. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to avert our eyes. We, we don't have to go the other way, down the other aisle, because we see somebody we, we're afraid to talk to. We don't have to worry about or feel guilt or fear God and his judgment over our previous sins. And, and, and many of us battle that as a subjective feeling and what we need to do is stand on the objective reality that this is what scripture proclaims. This is what Christmas says. This is good news that God does in you and me. Though he never does it in us simply for ourselves, but also for the sake of those around us. To let them know that they also can receive forgiveness for their past as well. The second unexpected promise God offers us is a purpose for living today, for living in my present. God, God created you and, and, and he created everyone you know for a purpose. There's nobody here. You can look at some lives and you can look at some people and say, I don't know why they're here. I don't know what they're doing. But God does. God has a purpose. They may not, we may not be living up to it, but we're no accident. And it's not what we expect. Because often our lives and those we know trudge along with so much sameness and we, we wonder, what am I doing here? Does my life even matter? Last night as I was wrapping up on this sermon, I walked back into our, our den and, and It's a Wonderful Life was on. And it just struck me. That's the whole point of George Bailey's life. That was the whole point of, of what Clarence the Angel did with him. Is to say, George said his life didn't matter because something had happened. Everything he had done was insignificant and irrelevant. And, and Clarence gave him an opportunity to go back and see how there were people alive because of him that he had never realized. There were people who had homes because of him that he had never realized. And there are people today who will be in heaven because of some of you. There are people today who are alive because of some of you. There are people today who have a peace or a joy because God used you. And yet you and I will never understand or really get a handle on God's purpose for our lives until we get to know him. We don't know why we're created until we know the one who created us. If you or someone you know feels like something's missing, I can, I can tell you it's God. It's that God-shaped vacuum that Pascal spoke of that is in every human being, period. We weren't made to go through life on our own, but, but through a relationship with Jesus Christ who said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And, and notice he didn't say, I came that they might have religion or they, we might get by, or that we might pay our bills on time. He said, I came that you might live. Because you and I aren't really living. As long as we're apart from the source of living, of life, our creator, we're just existing. 
You get up in the morning. You go to work or you go to school. You come home during rush hour. You watch some TV. You go to bed and you repeat. Rinse, start over. Maybe you relax a little bit on the weekends and, and think you're living, but more likely it's existence because each of us was made for so much more. Christmas Eve is for so much more than just a nice time to come and celebrate. It's a time to reach out into our world and make a difference, to be used by God. As unexpected as it may seem, and I know I questioned this for a while, God has a mission and purpose for your life and for everyone you know, including those who don't even know him yet. There's no one on this planet that God didn't create. And, and even those who don't know him, he has a purpose for it. It's just they don't know that yet. They don't understand that yet. They're not living that yet. And he wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of those around you. And, and that's why we encourage people to serve on Christmas Eve. We say Christmas Eve is not about us. It's about our community, about our world. That's why we encourage you to invite. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus and what he can do in someone else's life. If, if my life is summed up in how I can feel better, that's not a, that's not a really big purpose if my life is summed up in how I can be used by God to make a difference in the lives of others, that's a purpose worth getting up for. That's a purpose worth living for. That's a purpose worth getting out in the rain for. And the third unexpected promise that God offers us is a home in heaven for my future. A lot of folks think the way we get into heaven is, is by simply being good enough. I mean, that's kind of the cultural understanding of heaven. And if we do more good than bad in our life, maybe God will grade us on the curve, say, okay, you did okay, or you did good enough, I'm going to let you in. You know, there's a television show I've been on, I haven't even really watched it, but I mean, I get the impression that's, I'm not saying anything against having fun with a television show, but that certainly seems like that's kind of part of the point. But God's word shows us it doesn't work that way because heaven is a perfect place. And the only way we get, can get in there on our own is also by being perfect. I mean, heaven is this wondrous place where the Bible says there are no more tears or sorrows or hurt or pain or suffering or evil. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live? The problem is we're not perfect. Not even close. And so we don't stand a snowball's chance in Houston in getting in there on our own. The only way we can get into heaven is on someone else's ticket. I love this story about this, the son who was having a birthday and his dad said, I'll take you to the fair. You gather up seven other boys and I'm gonna buy a big roll of tickets. And, and this was before they had the digital cards. And, and I will give you a ticket. Y'all can do all the rides you want. 
And so he did. They showed up, they went to the fair, and they started doing the rides. Every time they'd come to a new ride, the dad would peel off eight tickets and hand them out to each of the eight boys, and they would go and ride, and if they, if they loved it, and they, maybe they wanted to do it again, he'd peel off eight more. If they wanted to go to another ride, he followed them around. He just, he did, he did that. Finally, he, they were at a ride, and he peeled off the eight tickets, and he gave them to them, and there was still one boy standing there. And the dad said, who are you? And he said, well, I'm your son's friend. And he said, if I told you that he said it was okay, you'd give me a ticket too. And the dad did. And as a completely unexpected gift, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and become his friend, our heavenly father lets us into heaven and all the wonders of his grace None of us are perfect. None of us can do that ourselves. So God, in such an unexpected way, came to earth in human form at Christmas as Jesus, lived a perfect life, showing us how to live, died on the cross, paying for our sins, and then returned to heaven. And now you and I and, and our friends and family get to get into heaven on his ticket if we trust him. You and I cannot do this ourselves for our family and friends. But we can tell them about the one who is giving out the tickets so that they can decide for themselves if they want to go and receive a ticket as well. The Bible says the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Gift. And that means we can't earn it, we can't buy it, we can't work for it. We can only receive it. Think about how unexpected all this is. God says we get to know him just by trusting. And if we trust his son with our life, we receive forgiveness for our past, a purpose for our present, and a home in heaven for our future. And, and if that's not good news, incredibly good news, I don't know what is. Here recently we talked with Eva Yang in our church who has received this gift of good news. I want you to watch as she tells some of her story. Okay, um, first of all, uh, my name is Eva. Um, I said it before, I picked a name to make a people life easier. My real name is Ihua, so people call me Iha or Yahoo, you know. So um, I came from China um, many years ago. Um, I came as an international student. Pursue my graduate st uh, study um, in chemical engineering, and I went to Laosian attack. Sorry, I have exit, and I always can't get away with it. <laughs> Before I left, my dad was specifically instructed me: you go there, you have your mind, and then pursue your degree. Do not get into any religion or anything um, can um, put yourself in jeopardy. So, um, that time, um, one thing um, happened and shook up the community. Uh, there's two girls uh, was driving, then um, hit by a car who ran through the stop sign. The whole memorial service was so beautiful. It was song, laughing. 
different than I used to because in China people died you well you the who well the most is is showing most respect so every time I go to funeral service it is just creepy so this is so different and I was deeply asking myself what is this why they have the hope they know they're gonna see each other again and what if this happened to me today where I'm going I definitely want to go to the place where she going so Sunday when it's when the pastor was calling the altar uh, uh, it just a huge force pushed me and it wasn't me it, it was um, it was not natural it was just I'm going I, I want you I can't wait one more, one more second so God was working in her 
in her past, in her present, in her future. She wrote Betsy and, and Tyler, who worked with her on filming her story, she said, it was such a privilege for me to be able to share my story with you. Thank you so much for the opportunities in which I was reminded again for how much blessing that God is pouring over my family and my life. You may not think it's possible for you, but unexpectedly the good news could break in. God is, he says, I stand at the door and knock. He wants to come into your life. And he wants, once that begins and once you walk through that, what, what he does in you, he wants to do through you for the sake of others. And, and I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, we, we forget. We get caught up in going to church rather than being the church. In experiencing what God has done for us. And so today, as, as a way of celebrating that and remembering, we're going to share in communion. Communion's not a ritual. Um, Communion is something Jesus told us to do, to remember. And I would add to experience, to re-experience. That as we come and receive this gift, we don't just go through the motions. We reflect on what Jesus has done in, in me. Make it personal, make it individual. But then even to say, now what does he want to do through me? That it's not just enough that he has done it in me. It's just as Christmas is not just so I can have a good time. Christmas wasn't so God could throw a party because he wanted a party. Christmas was because in that party he wanted to reach the world. And as he does it in you, it's not just so that you can experience the joy and the peace and the hope as wonderful as that is but so then that he can use you to do that in others as Eva did it with her family and more Christmas is mission Christmas has purpose and so it's important we remember on the night in which Jesus met with his friends he broke the bread and he said this is my body which is broken for you eat this as often as you will in remembrance of me and afterwards he took the cup and he shared it with his friends and he said drink from this all of you for this is my blood of a new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin drink it as often as you will in remembrance of me I think sometimes we look at communion again as, as a ritual rather than an experience, a re-experience. That somehow in a mystical, supernatural way, you and I enter back into the, that last night on, on earth with Jesus. And the servers in some supernatural way become Jesus offering you his body and his blood. And he says to you, remember but remembrance for the sake of memory is not enough unless it's remember for the sake of receiving forgiveness for your sins in the past, of finding your purpose in the present, and for being assured of a home in heaven for your future, that nothing on earth can taint or take.
Father, we pray that you would pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and wine and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the body of Christ redeemed for your world. Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again and we all feast together at his heavenly banquet. We ask this, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me invite you to a moment of prayer. Uh, the scripture tells us to examine ourselves. And this is an opportunity to live out this forgiveness. As I pray, I will pause and if there's a point at that point, feel free to talk with God silently and lift up to him what you need to say, what you need to lay down at the cross today and leave it. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Hear now our prayers of confession. is this as we've already heard in this service if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us and make us right with him that's a promise you need to claim today we invite our servers to come forward that we might prepare to serve you servers are being served um, I want to just let you know a little bit what we're doing especially if this is not your church home uh, you are welcome if you are seeking Christ you are welcome to come and receive this gift you don't have to be a part of our church you don't have to have ever walked through our doors before because we believe this is the Lord's table not Gateway's table and therefore we offer it to you in the name of Jesus Anybody else with something finding pur your purpose today or having an assurance of your future. They would love to pray with you. For all the rest of us, we're on a mission. And there are places you can go out here to sign up to help serve on Christmas Eve. We have cards that you can pick up even now to begin to give and pray about who might be seated next to you next week or on Christmas Eve. We have uh, bookmarks to immerse yourself in God's word during this Christmas season. Let it be about Jesus. Remember who he is and what he's done and let him work in you and through you to do the unexpected today, tomorrow, this week and beyond. 
I myself will be out here with some friends. If you're new, we'd love to say hello to you as well. It's a great opportunity to let God use you to make a difference. Would you stand? Instead of praying, I just want to, I want to send you out with a blessing. May the living Christ go with you. May he go before you to guide you, beside you to befriend you, above you to protect you, behind you to encourage you. But most of all, may he go in you to give you his peace and his hope and his joy and his love that you might be his hands and feet today and you might do something unexpected for him this week. God bless you. See you next week. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.